Buzz Podcast, where your voice is more than a melody. Join us in planting seeds in a growing field. Thanks so much for joining us today. Today we thought it might be neat for us to just sit outside and talk a little bit about being in a pandemic in 2020. (laughs) We haven't really talked about that yet on our podcast, Um, although we've been recording most of these episodes from being socially distanced from one another. Yeah, yeah. I think we have mentioned it very vaguely and very briefly in some of our our passing talks and the fact that we've recorded virtually and digitally. And you're right, most of our episodes at this point have been recorded virtually in our own homes. Yeah, that experience alone has been (laughs) educational to say the least. Yes. We you know, launched this podcast in March. Mm-hmm. We started recording episodes a couple months before that, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of the episodes that we put out actually got recorded during this whole time. And we've had to navigate that. Yeah. And it's been quite a learning curve. Yeah, it, it really has. I mean, I'm, I'm just now reminiscing that very first episode that we did during the pandemic where um, when things were just kind of starting to get closed off, we weren't sure what was going to happen. We had actually had plans to meet up to record this episode. And yeah. um, and I just picture, now I'm just seeing myself sitting on my bedroom floor close to the door so that I can get good <laughs> internet and us trying to time each other perfectly so we can do it through our computers. <laughs> I know, right? Just figuring out all those kinks, such as finding a good place for internet, Mm -hmm. consistent internet connection. We were figuring it all out in person, let alone having to try and navigate that distance. Distance, and (laughs) and for my case, like with with a dog in the house, and you have cats, and other people in our homes, and traffic outside, and technology glitches and lags. (laughs) Beauties of living in a city. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Um, And so maybe we'll make note of that more often, but... Mm -hmm. Because perfection is never the goal of these no. podcasts, just like in <laughs> therapy. That's not something we strive for. Mm-mm. We do enjoy quality. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, both of us share that um, as probably a core value of, mm-hmm. you know, what we do professionally. But yeah, talk a little bit about recording a podcast in the middle of this pandemic what were some of the struggles that you had other than you talked a little bit about internet and doggos (laughs) yeah I mean I think they've kind of shifted a bit you use the word interesting and I think Mm -hmm. that that's kind of a blanket word that I use too and it's been a a big learning opportunity and when I was first thinking about it I really wasn't sure how the heck we were going to do this how our sound quality was going to be with what we wanted um, especially with some of the earlier challenges of seeing the lag or yeah needing to to 
to see each other on screen to, <laughs> to kind of gauge when someone else was going to talk. Exactly. Um, or still feel that connection yeah, between really, the two yeah. of us. I think a lot of the podcast and being that we're co-hosts, mm-hmm. a lot of the vibe that we wanted to create on here was based on our friendship, based on the connection that we have as people. Yeah, and what what drew us together was wanting to bring that community and that connect with our deeper community too. So it was really interesting to be spending most of the time in our separate homes. And I mean, recently we've been able to sort of connect by going for walks and stuff, but not for recording. And so even right now, sitting here talking to you and looking at you (laughs) and not having a screen or not having anything there is really refreshing. Yeah. (laughs) You're real. <laughs> you exist. You're a person. This isn't all fake. We're not in some no. fantasy world. <laughs> I know. I think it's all become quite an illusion, even with sessions. It's just like I'm always yeah. sitting in front of the screen with my glasses. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes by the end of the day, I have headaches mm-hmm. and it's just like a blur. My eyes take so much time to readjust to the sunshine outside thank goodness goodness, that we finally have sunshine (laughs) (laughs) it was snowing here until like april may (laughs) well i mean what was it like early june there was a hailstorm like (laughs) again i don't even know what month it is (laughs) i don't know i'm grateful for the sunshine and that we're able to come outside now and and not be so disconnected Mm -hmm. you know yeah, yeah. On the on the flip of that, I mean, if there's any other challenges that we haven't mentioned, feel free to share some of those. But I think we both had an opportunity to learn some good things here. What were some of the silver linings for you that have come out of this time with regard to um, podcasting? And Yeah, I think the additional just time mm. that I had in my day and in my schedule allowed me to learn a little bit more about... The microphone that we were using or the, you know, the sound engineering program that we were using Mm -hmm. and it allowed me more time to edit. It allowed me more time to brainstorm ideas for this podcast and, you know, I'm excited for the future of this podcast Mm -hmm. because of those times that we've had to sit and really connect about what we want to come from this in the future. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so grateful for that extra little bit of time that we could really pour ourselves into this and to dream and discuss and and create that vision, absolutely. You mentioned a little bit about some of the challenges with uh, being on technology so much. (laughs) How has that impacted the rest of your life with needing to be doing sessions online? What has that looked like for you? It's been tricky to figure out that kind of balance that I had established in my quote-unquote regular routine of going to a facility or going to somebody's home physically it took a little while to adjust to even what is what are the goals (laughs) of these sessions these new sessions because some of the goals Mm -hmm. that I had put in place um, for my clients couldn't necessarily be um, achieved through an online music therapy session. Mm-hmm. I had to do a lot of adjusting the way that I approach therapy. Yeah. I've always, well, I think I've always been a pretty good listener, but I think 
an online music therapy setting just catapults that so much because you have to wait for people's responses Mm -hmm. and you actually have to be that extra advocate because a lot of the time especially in long-term care you're not by yourself in that session you have to rely on an ally such as a recreation therapist or a programming staff or a nursing staff to support that person with the technology and to be there to support your session and so finding those words of Mm. and building those relationships even further of of instructing them how you know how to support the therapy session in person and it's been a really great experience actually because where they might not have seen exactly what goes on in therapy before they were actually able to be a part of it and Mm. an active participant excuse me and an active ally within those sessions that's really beautiful yeah I I think I had a similar situation there with some of the people that I was working with and I can think of specifically one group where I do a lot of hands-on support and hand over hand and just visibly showing and visibly giving choices and I'm typically the person to do that Um, so needing you're right to build up that language build up that understanding um, of how to do those things and how to give that space and also reassuring people I think sometimes um, when I've had supports in group like you said whether it's rec staff or interveners or family even sometimes sometimes we get so anxious if someone's not answering right away so if we ask a question we're so afraid (laughs) of the silence which hasn't really been a thing for me I'm used to the silence and I, I I thrive in that and I'm okay with kind of hanging out in that silent space for a bit (laughs) yeah to give someone that chance to really process so it's been really interesting to be able to guide someone through that and to say oh let's just give an extra minute here or to help them understand and then you're right there's kind of this realization where they're like oh (laughs) that's what's happening we're not yeah we're, we're it's a little bit deeper than sometimes people expected and it's been really interesting because I've been able to see some other relationships grow with family members being able to participate in a session when they live maybe in a a different part of the country or can't come often and so people that I've met via email or via phone but haven't met necessarily in person or who haven't seen um, my clients that I'm working with in some time and getting to witness that relationship and support that relationship in this extremely challenging time when people are craving that support and that love. Yeah, the technology has been an asset in that way for me Mm. as well, I think, just for like family members who live in in different parts of, you know, the country or the province, um, the feature to record on Zoom Mm -hmm. has been phenomenal. Um, even though there's still the lag there, <laughs> it's it's been great to be able to send those videos off to family members mm-hmm. as a way for them to still connect during this time. Totally. When they're not allowed, to, most of the long-term care homes in Kingston are still not open to families, to the public. No. And so um, they haven't seen their loved ones or or touched their loved ones or been in their presence for a really long time when some of them are you know they go all the time they go weekly they go every day sometimes several times a day yeah and um you know that can be really 
that can take a toll on someone mentally mm-hmm. and, and physically and emotionally, especially if you're an older adult and you don't have that activation piece mm-hmm. within your week or even that emotional connection that you have to your family members because maybe those are the only people that you still remember. Yeah. So I kind of think that brings us full circle because on everybody right now it hasn't been all hunky-dory you know definitely not it's not been all peaches and roses all the time it's been a difficult and challenging thing to work through and you know we did an episode a while ago about Mm -hmm, mm self-care thinking back on that episode now has any of the ways that you self-care <laughs> we're laughing together right now I know where <laughs> you're going with this <laughs> has it changed for you at all does it look different and maybe why have you had to make those changes yeah that's a really great conversation that I think I've been hearing come up a lot more recently and I mean, mental health and wellness has been such a huge challenge for so many people, myself included, in this time when so much of what we're used to, so much of what we thrive on and get so much wellness from that maybe sometimes we don't even recognize Mm -hmm. has been taken away from us really without any timeline of, of us getting it back or any certainty. And there's been all of this fear put into our lives and Um, cutting ties from families and loved ones and friends and things that we would be so used to doing especially in those challenging times Mm -hmm. and our coping strategies aren't necessarily as accessible to us anymore so for me personally I mean I'm I'm grateful that I'm a fairly adaptable person Mm -hmm. and so the first little bit it took me a long time because I was I needed to get out of this headspace of like grieving I guess grieving where we were at and grieving that I couldn't be there to support my clients or grieving that I mean sometimes seems a little bit silly now but I know that there's value to it but I had several trips that were planned of of places I was going to go which is a huge self-care thing for me um, because this past year has been an extremely challenging one for me and those were kind of milestones and goals that I I, uh, not goals um, checkpoints yeah. in my life that I had put in and so I, I can't go to Georgia and see my friend get married I can't go to like I can't go out west and see my family and all of these things I had put in place so those are kind of the the bigger scale things that I needed to grieve and then on an everyday level I can't go to the gym yeah. oh my goodness I <laughs> love going to the gym and as much as I can absolutely do an at-home workout or go for a walk, there is something so different about being able to be in my routine, get out of my house, go to the gym or go to yoga. I love going to yoga or some other form of class and, and I mean, be in that community mm-hmm. to work out any frustrations or to go out and listen to live music has been a huge one that I, I love being able to go and do. And at the beginning when there was just a little a little bit more restrictions like it didn't even seem super accessible to go for a walk very mm-hmm. distant or to go on a trail so yeah, yeah really needed to reframe what I can do for self-care and where I can access that and just really needing to be present and um, 
kind with myself and adaptable in those <laughs> things that I do. <laughs> so much of our practices, we have to be adaptable. Yeah. When we have to be adaptable within our professional lives and our personal lives, Yikes. that's a lot to juggle. For me, I remember talking about how sometimes I need an onlooker's perspective to mm. point out to mm. me, or not point out to me, but to just ask yeah. how I'm doing. And for me, I think that I have a dangerously high threshold for overwhelm, yeah. where my first instinct when things are shifting in my life my first instinct is to fix it (laughs) to find a way to fix it to brainstorm to come up with a solution to take action (laughs) to take action that's exactly (laughs) it and so that was the first maybe two months Mm -hmm. for me is trying to come together with you and the rest of our team to take action and support our community during this time. Yeah. Now there came a point when there was only so much that we could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't say I started to lose hope, but I just, I started to feel the effects of the mm-hmm. pandemic. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we weren't in the pandemic and things were shifting in in life, I probably would have continued to just add things to my plate Mm -hmm. and it would have felt fine. But this pandemic really like shook me up and and told me to like sit down. (laughs) And, And I actually was able to take time for myself and that's been very valuable to sit and even just reflect on what I want professionally yeah. and what I need for my own healing and going forward what I'm willing to accept and not accept mm-hmm. and noticing these awful patterns within myself or yeah, these dangerous patterns and cycles that I have of pushing myself so hard to the point that by the time someone says are you okay? I'm not fully breaking down on them because I finally feel the weight that I've been neglecting all of that time. And so I think that point really hit me about a week or two ago, (laughs) if I'm honest. And we've been in this pandemic now for three months. Yeah. Three months almost exactly, just over. And I'm just starting to really feel that. And and maybe it's just the buildup of the pandemic, things constantly shifting, the killings of George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey and Breonna Taylor and countless others and the the protesting and um, the attention now that the Black Lives Matter movement is getting and me being a person of color I just feel like there's a spotlight on me (laughs) to speak up to speak out and I think those things are very important not just for me but for anybody Um, there's just so much added weight and I feel that maybe that was building up Mm. and finally came to a point ahead where 
I felt everything. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's only so much that we as humans can take, right? Mm-hmm. When we keep piling those things on. And I think, I think that's a commonality of the way that our, our society lives. And there's this pressure to push through and to thrive. And the amount of times that I've heard people say, and myself included, saying, it's just another three weeks and then I'll have a break. <laughs> or it's just another couple of months and then I get a vacation. Yeah, that arrival and, fallacy. Yes. And it really has shaken up for me personally and a lot of people I know, I know it has for you, but our perspective on the way that we're living and what we value and what we're willing to sacrifice in order to accomplish our goals and in order to, I mean, like get the paycheck or support the people that we're doing this pressure that we feel in work or for these things we need to get done. Like what, what is our breaking point and what are we willing to sacrifice Mm -hmm. and what's our, yeah. (sighs) It's been a time. (laughs) Yes. And I, I think it's so important to recognize that because this is not an easy thing. This is not an everyday challenge or something to devalue. Like this is a world crisis. This is multiple world crises we are seeing come up all at once. And it's, I mean, when it rains, it pours, right? We're seeing all these things. And I believe, I, I feel that a lot of that has to do with the fact that our resiliency as humankind is low because we have been pushed to that limit, right? We have been pushed through all these daily challenges and the little things that add up and add up and add up and the pressures we put on ourselves and then bam there's um a pandemic and then bam there's more and more violence and anger and hate in the world and people kind of reaching their breaking point and it's not great yeah and so I guess I just want to urge people that if you're feeling this weight too Mm -hmm. be assured that there's no wrong Mm-mm. or right way to survive this moment in time <laughs> there's no right or wrong way we just have to really take time to reflect on what's important to us and what we value and go from there seek help if you need it Yes. there are lots of resources out there lots of therapies lots of dogs there's a dog <laughs> that walked past Oh, dogs. <laughs> See, dogs are a huge self-care for me. Let's talk about that, man. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yes. I hope that made you smile. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that you can't see the dog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that these conversations are important. I think that we need to keep having these conversations, keep building each other up, keep sending those resources because to your point, there is no right way to get through this. There is no wrong way. And what we think might have been the right way for us probably has shifted and completely turned upside down. And now we're living in this quote unquote new normal. And what does that even look like? So, yeah. What does that look like? I heard somebody say the other day that maybe we shouldn't keep saying, let's get back to normal. We should say, Let's look forward to normal Mm -hmm. because we're going to live in a period where our old normal is gone. (laughs) It it doesn't exist. Yeah. And I mean, I think that there's, there's a lot to be said about that. There's a lot to say goodbye to and to grieve and to let go. But there's also like, this is history, right? Mm -hmm. Everything that our world has experienced 
something new has come out of that. There is room for innovation. There is room for inspiration. There is room for growth. And I think that we can, as a community and as individuals and as a society, really hone in on this and not to, again, devalue anything that we've experienced or any of the wonderful things that we've created in our world, but there's space to make it even maybe better, maybe different, maybe I don't know. There's improve. so much space. Improve. Yeah. Like, find new Growth. things. <laughs> let our world heal. Let, let our environment heal. Yeah. So much room. There's so many possibilities. Yes. And I'm choosing to look at it that way. Yeah. It's not easy every day. No. But I'm hopeful. Mm-hmm. Me too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Able Voice Podcast. If you want to find more content like this, please subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media at MTA Haley and at MTA.Kimberly to get notified when new episodes become available.